You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. What's up, Colorado? I got the crew here with me to go through a bunch of market updates for September. So my name is Chris Lopez. I'm the host of the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, and my crew has Jenny Bayless down south with Colorado Springs and Pueblo. Hey. Steve and Newt from up north in Fort, uh, Fort uh, Collins, Greeley area. Matt and Chris Lawhead for Property Llama and all over the place for investing. What's up, crew? What's up? Morning. So uh, got some new faces in here. We're going to try a new format and just have, uh, well, spice things up a little bit. So before we get into details for some deals, market updates, I do want to give everyone uh, a heads up that we'll be doing our next portfolio analysis mastermind challenge. Uh, we did one a quarter four last year. I uh, had lots of great results. A lot of people ended up, you know, buying, selling properties, moving money around, optimize their equity. We have one coming up in early to mid-November. Uh, by the time this is out, details are finalized, but come check it out and review your portfolio. Uh, there's a lot of equity out there people are sitting on, a lot of opportunity. Come learn what you can do with that in the market. Plus, if you want to sell, spring season's coming up. That's where you want to start planning now to get a rental property ready to go and uh, all that good stuff to get top dollar. All right. Got the ad out of the way. So Jenny, what's going on down south? Just more of the same. So I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I think it kind of, you know, solidifies the the points that we've been making over the past couple months. So um, in terms of, you know, most interesting stats of the month, I would say median sales price was interesting to me because year, year over year, it's um, up 3%. So I know we were kind of hitting that like downward trend towards this time last year. Um, we have rebounded from that. It's down a little bit month over month from last month. Um, sales are down about 5%, but new listings are down 11%. So that was kind of kind of interesting to me that people are just really holding steady. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And then in terms of deals that we're seeing, again, you're probably thinking that didn't you just talk about this? Well, actually, these are, you know, two new deals that we have going on down here, but they're the same strategy. So we got another fourplex going on in Colorado Springs, and we have a room by room uh, rental property in Colorado Springs. Um, kind of same, similar numbers as as before, but I think those are kind of where the opportunities are right now. Yeah. What's the play on both those? Like, what's the business plan on the uh, room by room? Because sometimes those get room creative. Yeah. So this one's going to be another partnership situation. Um, I believe they're doing DSCR loan on it um, to be able to buy it in an LLC. Um, and yeah, it's it's a cash flow monster. Again, they got a pretty good deal on it because it was on the market. They submitted an offer. Said, the seller said, get lost. Submitted an offer again about a month later. The seller said, all right, doesn't sound so bad anymore. So um, persistence was key on this one. And yeah, I think I think they were guesstimating about a 10% cash on cash return again, but you know, self-management, kind of rolling up their sleeves to do the dirty work to get this thing to to perform well. But you know, that's the stage of investment that they're in right now. Um, and then with the fourplex, kind of the same thing we've all been echoing is that you have to put more down to subsidize, you know, to get it to cash flow. So this individual, um, I actually saw this fourplex pop up 
couple, like last night, no, two nights ago. And, um, texted him immediately and was like, Oh my gosh, check this out. Like, this is a steal of a deal. Um, so him and Leah got it locked up yesterday evening, um, under contracts. So, cause is I knew that it hit Pueblo his or Springs. Springs. Okay. Yeah. It's right down the street from, um, he and I actually own on the street as well. And it was priced extremely well. Um, and we kind of know what the issues are already going into it. So, you know, it still works out. Obviously inspection, um, we'll, we'll tell the full picture, but, um, this one's kind of exciting. I, I, I was a little jealous. I, I had to, you know, control myself not to put in an offer myself on it. I think. What, what, what's got you so excited? Is it just like a really good price or is there a, a good value? It, the price is amazing. Yeah. Okay. The price is amazing on it. What's the rough cap rate? Like I haven't heard you this um, excited about fourplex in a while. Yeah. It's low sixes. Um, so that's kind of exciting. I think. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Especially, you Maybe know, in an area that up? I, yeah, it, it's in an area that I really like. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I would be pretty pumped for a low six, uh, fourplex right now. Um, and, in, in that street, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool. What are they putting down on that one? 40%. Okay. Yeah. That happens quite often with those DSCR loans, right? So you're, you're baited by the DSCR that says, Hey, whatever. Right, could be ten percent, could be twenty. Well, the DSCR was for the house, the room by room rental, right? Yeah, this is conventional. Yeah, the, oh, the fourplex okay. is co- well, going conventional. Gotcha. Yeah, and he had a pretty decent buy down um, from his lender, so he's gonna pay four thousand dollars to get eight percent. Which I can't believe I'm saying that's a good deal, but yeah. it sounds pretty good to me. It's it's all relative, yeah. but I mean th- yeah. those two examples I think really highlight a lot of like the the general theme up and down you know the front range right now is that uh, hey you're gonna have to put a larger chunk down which mm-hmm. is fine for a lot of people who have you know hey more money less time uh, or hey get out there and get creative and a lot of the creative deals we're seeing out there in the market right now are these room by room uh, type rental properties so those are two like I think they kind of tell the story for yeah. everything. Nope. I'm guys, glad I'm glad there's room for people with hustle. Yeah, well, there always yeah. is. Like yep, that's the thing. People go, oh, well, this stopped working. It's like, yes, well, that that door closed. That that whole like side of the building closed, but you know, there's some doors over here with new opportunities. And I mean, people are out there making 10% cash on cash return right now at 8% or geez, maybe nine or 10% rate. Heck yeah. So I love it. Still a way to find a way to make it work. Well, I think it's good to highlight too, because I mean, a lot of people, you know, listen, it's like, oh, well, I missed the time in real estate or, you know, it's it's hard. It's like, well, there's no perfect time. Uh, no. The best time is now if you're getting started. And hey, if you hustle, there's deals out there. Yeah, agreed. So just a little, little mindset check for everyone. All right. Uh, let's go up north, Steve. You know, uh, similar to Jenny in that, but um, we've seen, uh, you know, basically prices are a little bit up, so that's good news. Um, Fort Collins has seen some uh, more active listings, and the days on market isn't quite as high as some of the others, so it's actually got a little bit of momentum. Uh, One of the few places we've got a lot more new listings is in Windsor, uh, and so that's still a lot of new what we saw the other day, I think it was a third of houses today are, are new builds. And so those people that are selling have a reason, but the builders that are still building and having those come online are still selling. And then they've got good deals coming with those. So um, so we're seeing a, a decent, you know, kind of moderate trend. Um, there's like 40, you know, small multifamilies that are on the market between Larimer and Weld. And so those are out there. And 
they'll either get a good price or they'll stay stay on the market and then somebody will get a better price as it ages and so there's still opportunities out there it's just a little trickier i think newt was saying you know it's like some sellers aren't quite coming to the realization that you know they're going to have to be a little bit more aggressive on their price to be able to get these to move and so they're sitting out there and you know that takes energy and time mm-hmm. and, and emotion from people because they're hanging on with them and they're wondering what they're going to do and their other plans are paused and if they do the numbers they might be able to just move that along and then get to the rest of their plan so well and there's certain builders that are you know they still have their affiliations with lenders that have they're sitting on blocks of loans that still have those interest rates that they can yeah. beat out whatever's out there right now yeah so that's that's helpful for those those house hackers that want to get into a, a place and you know rent out some rooms they mm-hmm. can still get a, a fairly decent rate yeah yeah so they're there's a few out there i I heard of a it's like they're out in the wild but the subject twos you know that i talked to a friend um and uh they had some young couple that had gotten a divorce and they didn't really want to be on the loan and they weren't really thinking when they got into it and then they got out and the company came in and gave them like five grand a piece to walk away and then they're going to settle the loan in seven years and it's like they just don't realize that and so that's where i think having you know the right realtors and the right skill to be able to help them not do that because they didn't want to be on the property title together anymore but now they're going to be on it and not be able to buy another place (laughs) because their name's still attached to it so you know there are some out there that are doing that but that's a little bit more extreme for people yeah there's a far and few between yeah yeah like how you say it's out there in the wild right it's It's, like oh i saw one it's rare it's like seeing a you know a, a wild cat or something yeah it's very rare I've actually been seeing those some, on some of the listings I've had. I've, I've had those people reach out and just from the agent perspective, we just have to educate those sellers on the risk. Yeah, what taking. they really have at stake. So. so you're seeing a lot more people ask for it, but not many people do it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, everybody's watching Pace Morby. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and oh, there you go. Oh, so easy. does look easy, doesn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just such a tremendous amount of risk, like you're saying, for the person handing that property off. They're still liable for all that. Maybe they don't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Try to educate them. You know, if they rent it out and it comes back trashed or they walk away from it, it's still on them to have to do. And so yeah. when they go to like apply for another loan, their name's still on the last one. So it's like, you know, they're going to be. So, you know, it's just kind of one of those uh caveat emptor is like trying to have people be wary so people on you know if you talk to people that are on you know your friends and that you know really make them look at it and make sure it's the right thing but because a lot of times it's not yep but it goes to the point i mean creative deals are getting done and creative deals will always get done so the worst thing you can do if you want to play in this game is to stop right put your head in the sand complain about the markets you know whine you know just deals are getting done you can put the puzzle pieces together. There's always puzzles to put together. Well, and you know, it reminds me of that old book, Who Moved My Cheese? It used to be like about your life in corporate and that, but it really is about if you're watching the trends, if you're staying in touch with things, if you're seeing what's going on, you're gonna make an adjustment. If you wanna use the exact same strategy for your entire investing career, you're gonna hit, you're gonna hit walls and you're gonna get defeated and you're not gonna make it. But if you watch, and you look and you see where those are at and you spend your time doing that, you're going to find those deals. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a matter of where. Yeah. For money to grow, it has to move. Yep. <laughs> yes. 
Um, so bring up Denver for a second. I mean, a lot of the same trends. Prices are up uh, a little bit, I think one to three percent. But the biggest thing that stood out to me was that year to date, so this is for Denver metro area, we've had about 41,000 new listings. 2019, so before COVID happened, we had 60,000 new listings approximately. So we are down about almost 20,000 or what's that's about, third, about a third, third um, in terms of like just new inventory coming on the line. So that was the biggest stat that jumped out to me was just inventory is really, really constrained, which goes along with, uh, you know, what we're seeing out there. Yeah. I thought it was worse. I thought it was 50%. I thought it was 50%. It, it, yeah. it, it feels like a 50% transaction crash. But so that there's that's well, this aptly, is over this is over the year, you know. This over is the uh, year, yeah. So. Today feels very different than it did six months ago, right. too. Agreed. Um, yeah. So let's uh, any other deals to talk about? So I, I'm looking at deals with my uh, lending clients all the time. On yeah. A what type of basis. deal? What was the last deal looked at? I uh, looked at a duplex. We we priced out the conventional loan at eight and a half percent. It didn't pencil. It was negative cash flow. Obviously, it's that's not the best deal when when you're losing money every month. Um, the only way I'm seeing these pencil is potential owner carry, right? And then the owner carry has to be a pretty sweet deal, right? Cut the cut the interest rate in half, or do a nice, healthy interest only, you know, for five years, um, or or or. So the only way I'm seeing these pencil, and I and I do see sellers being more open especially boomers who have paid their their properties off they're more apt to at least consider an owner carry when they're going oh you know and I, and I always frame it like listen I'm not a tax expert but I think if you get a million dollars in cash Uncle Sam might want a healthy piece of that right obviously con confirm with your tax guy but <laughs> Or you could do an owner carry where you get a chunk of money now, a smaller chunk of money now, and then you have this quote unquote annuity, right? You've got this regular payment for X amount of years. And we're close to getting one of my buddies done where it's a 10 year, um, it's a, it's a, it's a 10 year note on a 30 year AM at 4%. And, um, that's a healthy deal and it pencils. Um, so if you're trying to get owner, in my humble opinion, if you can get owner carry deals now, that's the the only thing I'm seeing penciling. What about you? I'm not seeing anything pencil like you're saying, other than bringing forty percent down. Yeah, or that. I'm talking to more people about um, you know repositioning their properties to sell people with equity, you know, looking to get into the passive world. So trying to trying to get people to understand if you have a lot of equity and you're sitting on it, the options that we're seeing with you know property llama capital and the funds we're raising for are you know positioning some of those assets to sell get that equity untrapped. And then again, like, where do you go with it? You go 40% down on the duplex or fourplex, or you can get into a fund looks like Terrence Doyle and makes 17% yeah. IRR over five years, double your money over that five year period and let him deal with the the headaches and the roller coaster. So, well, yeah, clearly if you're a credit investor, I think that's yeah. the, the biggest opening we see right now is those passive funds, those passive syndications run by top tier operators. Yeah, so it's, it's what I call the missing middle, right? So you, you, like I say, if you're young and you're willing to hustle and do room by room or house hack, I'm talking to people who are having success with that one, or it's kind of more like you're saying the passive stuff at the top for accredited investors. And other than that, like you're saying, putting 40% down on something to get close to a break even on cash flow, that's just not a very attractive sounding deal. It's yeah. exactly what we're seeing up north. Yeah, I, I've been talking to people about um, house hacking with their children. We were, um, we did not, um, it's a, 
a way, you know, when you have, when you're my age and you have kids in their 20s, you know, they are not going to be able to amass the down payment and they can't afford the interest rate on it. So they're going to rent for a decade. But if you have some equity or reserves that you can put in with them and help them qualify, like it qualifies on their DTI. So they will have either a PMI if it's lower or that, but it's set at their rate. But if you have one or two or three, sometimes if you can get them to pool their funds, it doesn't seem like what we did when we were kids because you were kind of shot out of the house and you had to figure out how to do stuff, but it was a different time. So now if you can put a couple of them together to help them not just spend it on rent someplace, but they contribute it to something, you know, a parent can help uh, or uncles or others can help them get into something and they can make a difference and then they can start um, having that value because that money's either going to go into a lease or it's going to go into, you know, paying down some principal, maybe letting the appreciation and over time, they're going to be better off in that situation. So we're seeing some of that. So people are taking some of their trapped equity and helping their kids. I really like that client we talked to up north. He he did a did that with his kids. He did a tenancy in common. Yeah, yeah. And and kind of put yeah. one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars into a house for his each of his kids, and you know got over the uh, the gift amount by doing yeah. a tenancy in common. Yeah. And so I was just like, you know, again, if you're looking for places to put money, I mean, I I I like investing in my children. I I'm sure. planning on doing something like that. I was really. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that strategy. There's there's a lot of ways that I think people have to start looking towards to say, you know what, I can't do it the way I always did it. And we're yeah. just talking about that. So yeah. I have to find a way to be able to do it under today's circumstances. And, you know, there may be an interest rate reduction in, in a year or two, you know, they're still kind of pushing that out. Um, but, you know, to be able to have them look at refinancing at some point, you know, there's there's things. But to get in now and to kind of get that clock started for them, you know, that's where it's getting more creative. And so I do think that one where the tenants in common yeah. is an interesting way too, because, you know, if you do it in joint tenancy, you know, if, if the parent passes it, you know, it just goes to whoever else is left on the title. But if you do it tenants in common, it'll pass down because, you know, that's, you know, that, that's that investor's, you know, kind of philosophy. Yeah, that's cool. Never thought of that. No, I love it. I think it's a great way. Like, yeah. And that's, uh, yeah. So you've done that with one yeah, of your kids, kids, right? Yeah. 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 So and it's 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 a it's a whole process because when you take somebody who is in their early twenties, they're not thinking the same thing you're thinking, especially as us as agents and investors, we've got a whole different philosophy on it, right? So we kind of know how the behind the curtain works. Well, they're still kind of just getting out of college, you know, stretching their legs, figuring stuff out, trying to get, you know, quality uh, jobs, get into a good hustle with that. And they're like, oh, I have to learn this whole other process. Well, it's for me, it's been kind of important to just pass that along with them. So I may, I got everybody in the family, one of those, um, the millionaire next door, it's the next millionaire next door. Mm -hmm. Cause what the they see version, on yeah. Instagram and everything else, you know, whether it's the buffs here and they're showing their watch to you, that's not reality. That's, that's not really <clears throat> most people's reality. It's like, but when you see that book and you kind of share it with them, it's not just, Oh, dad's preaching to me again. It's, Hey, this is the real world. This is research based. You know, you guys need to look at this stuff differently. And they're like, okay. And so I have just been seeding that with my kids for years to be able to say, okay, 
Yeah, that's great. We're actually going to record a podcast yeah. on that here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so kind of a more detailed step-by-step yeah. mini guide will be coming out with steps. And, you know, Steve, Steve has done it. So I think it's an awesome strategy. Um, something else I want to chat with you guys about. So some news came out last week or two in the lending world that on uh, two unit, Two, uh, duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, you can now do a 5% down conventional owner-occupant. In the past, I think it was 15% down on the duplex, and then 25 on a triplex or fourplex, whether you're investor or owner-oc. Um, but now, as an owner-occupant, aka a house hacker, you can get in those places at 5% down conventional. So I presume that would mean you could stack multiple of those as well. And Jenny, we were chatting about this before the show. I mean, what what's your initial thoughts on that. Oh man, this makes me a little nervous and I'm probably going to come off as the, you know, curmudgeon grandmother here, but it, you know, having only 5% down in this interest rate environment on a multifamily, I mean, I have to imagine, you know, blanket statement, most places in Colorado, you're going to be fairly significantly cash flow negative on a monthly basis. And you also have relatively no equity in the property. Um, so to me, that makes me nervous that you would have to budget accordingly to fill that deficit every single month. Um, and, you know, I think house hacking is a great opportunity for newer investors, um, people that are, you know, trying to get a good foothold in, in real estate investing. And, you know, chances are you probably don't have several thousand dollars disposable every single month to put towards the cash flow deficit um, to float it. So it just makes me a little nervous unless you're some, you know, master budgeting whiz. Um, I think it would be, I don't know, uh, uh, not super advantageous for most people out there. Well, it's it's my understanding too, it needs to be owner occupancy. So you're taking one of those units as yours. It, you're not mm-hmm. getting the cash flow out mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. You have all the times to launch that product. <laughs> I mean, you talked to me five years ago, 10 years ago, I'd be like, yes, right? And and make no doubt about it, we've been able to do FHA 3.5% down, owner-occupied, four pl- duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes for a long time. And I've had friends, you know, and clients build their wealth with that, right? They'd buy a, a fourplex, 3.5% down FHA loan, dial it in, stabilize it, um, refine to a conventional loan, move across town, do it again. Right. And yeah, shout out to some of my buddies out there who might be watching this. They, they, you know, some of them are, you know, on the coast of California right now recording albums because of their cash flow is so, uh, so stout. Um, but I'm, I'm with the curmudgeon grandma on online here. I, uh, I, it, it gives me pause, right. Especially at this point in, in the cycle. Um, you know, it, it's just weird. It comes out now. It comes out now, but nobody asks me. Yeah, because rates are so high, they're trying to keep liquidity and keep things moving. But yeah, I mean, traditionally, your first-time buyers are the most cash-strapped buyers. Um, The other thing that makes me a little concerned with that, and and just like in terms of like being able to get out from under a four-unit building, well, who are you traditionally selling to? Another investor. What does an investor want? A deal. Whereas if you're repositioning a single-family home, you're 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 buying audience is a lot bigger. So that's another kind of concern I would have with that one. I mean, make no mistake. Sometimes real estate investors do deals. They have to exit and they have to bring money to exit. 
right? They're upside down. It happens. That has happened many times over many years. Um, Seems like this may be a climate to potentially do that with with something like Uh this, potentially. All right. So I think the consensus is all the same on there is a little little thumbs down as a general uh, tip. Um, You're not the only curmudgeon, Jenny. The rest of us are It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Um, Hey, there'll be some really good uses of it. Um, If people use it smartly and find a good deal, there's going to be some great wins out of there. But not like it was last 10 years of just buy and ride it up. All right, so on to uh, more news. All right, so I think it was like three weeks ago, Jenny. We record a podcast with Daniel Muldoon. Uh, he's a property manager down in Colorado Springs and Pueblo and also the president of the Colorado Landlord Legislative Coalition, I believe I got it right. Uh, they're a, uh, a political, I don't know what, a political nonprofit advocacy group, advocacy group yeah. that goes and you know talks to the legislation on Capitol Hill or Capitol Hill, uh, the state level and about what's happening to landlords, their voice for landlords. And he is a very, uh, I mean, to the point, uh, articulate speaker. And it was a lot of uh, not very happy bullet points, Jenny, is what I would say. Yeah, but I think he did a fantastic job of just getting to the point what it what it means for landlords and what the um, like logistical action steps for landlords. You must do this for your new lease. You must do that. Um, so definitely a must listen for anyone that, you know, manages buy and holds. So you self-manage. I have a property manager. We were both taking notes during the, the podcast. What what did you go home and do <laughs> after hearing about, after learning from him? Was there any like, oh, I got to start doing this? Yeah, I definitely went through my lease template and uh, tried to, you know, figure out what what parts I needed to change, what I needed to add um, to make sure that I was in compliance. And then um, you know, obviously a lot of it has to do with more on the advertising side of things. Those are a lot of the new rules that came out was, you know, tenant selection, tenant advertising, what you need to include, um, you know, what you're allowed to include, that sort of thing. Um, so luckily, knock on wood, I don't have any turnovers coming up. So I have a couple of months to get prepared as to how I'm going to, you know, execute on that. Have you, uh, any of you guys listened to that podcast yet? I have. I did. And yeah, by the well, way, what are your thoughts? Great job, Jenny and yeah. Chris, on uh, all of the questions that you were fielding to him. So because he, they like, just like uh, specifically the rent or the excuse me utility billbacks, and just the the caps that they're you're able to charge on top of that. That's people are going to need to know that stuff, and there could potentially be problems. I think the other one is the stuff that may be coming. Like he's watching outside. Yeah the the i guess the box we have of colorado or the rectangle we have but some of the stuff that's happened in other places like you could be beholden to a renter in perpetuity if they you know enact some of these things that says you know what they don't you can't um have them leave after the term of your lease they could do you know that and further if that trend of what we've got keeps going so i think it's good to get in and participate and have a voice and make sure that legislators know what's coming and they also know it from more than their kind of quick back of the napkin creating laws that have adverse impacts on people that are trying to provide housing i mean if they want to eliminate that they will be at a point where they go oh we need housing for people guess what nobody can get in so landlords investors create that environment and they don't want they want to be careful not to you know throw that out with trying to help so 
You guys listen to it yet? I've not listened. Oh, to okay. it. I'm just curious. Yeah, I need to check my email again. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, you know, I am. Oh, it just came out a few days ago. Okay. I'm, I'm, unfortunately, more than familiar with some of the proposals that Steve's mentioning that are absolutely insane, and uh, and there are significant unintended con- consequences not only for landlords but for tenants. And you can go to places um, like New York and see how that rent control is working. Yeah. Right. There's plenty of of case studies on where this ends and how it ends. Um, so I almost didn't. You know, I was I was walking out of the studio when when Jenny and you and and the gentleman from the advocacy group were starting the podcast. And I'm like, I almost don't want to watch this because I'll just get grouchy and angry. <laughs> and um, but I confirmed with I did confirm with my property manager that they're on top of of their game. So that's yeah. the one thing I did. <clears throat> So uh, on that note, like I said, it's uh, you know it's uh, a pretty thankless job, I'll say, doing that type of work. And you know, um, so they do take donations. After that podcast, I went there and became a, a member. So I'd really encourage everyone out there to go check out their website. It'll be in the show notes and uh, review it, and probably support them as well uh, because they put a lot of effort and time into it, and they do a very good job of you know I think being the voice of the landlords in Colorado. Um, Landlords definitely need more of a voice with all these changes yeah. coming up. Like I say, people in, in that make the laws need to understand the possible repercussions of these things. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think they just get focused on, oh, this sounds like a good idea. Yeah. You know, I just hope they're looking far enough down the road. Well, and, and in that podcast, too, he touched on how, you know, the the agency can pass along to the landlord through the property manager that they're using. So that's important too for investors to consider who they're using to manage their property. They need to make sure that they're keeping up on these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I'm looking through my agenda here. I got the items on my agenda. You guys got any other topics you want to chat about or throw out there to the panel? Free money. Free money. <laughs> free money. All right. Where, where's that at? Where's that seminar? Yeah. Right. <laughs> all right. So we kind of recap a lot of the stuff here. I mean, uh, if you want all the details on the trends, go to the show notes. Uh, we'll have links on the website. You can download the trends packet. There's tons of data on there to reach. Just a lot to go over on the podcast. Uh, but to kind of recap, you know, prices are, are slightly up, staying stable. Uh, opportunities are out there. If you're willing to hustle, do some room by room type rentals. Um, or you want to put down like a 40% down payment to just start getting uh, break even or some cash flow. There are some seller carry options out there. Definitely far and few between, but keep your eyes open for that, especially for someone with a paid off property who's usually more in position to do it. Uh, we got some investors out there who are adult how, or adult investors who are helping their adult children house hack. Um, we'll do a podcast with Steve Medina coming up with that in the near future. Uh, definitely an opportunity up and down the front range for a lot of property owners who've bought properties the last 10 years. Um, take one or two properties off the table, take the equity and go reinvest it. Uh, a lot of people, myself included, selling properties, going into some like bigger passive deals like the, the Verco deals. So there's an opportunity there to take some chips off the table and go reinvest the equity for you. And uh, on that note, make sure you come out to our Portfolio Analysis Mastermind Challenge coming out in mid-November. We're going to do all sorts of numbers and analyses on there and also have a lot more features in Property Llama. All right, everyone. Well, thanks a lot for coming out. This is a great one. Thank thanks, you. Chris. Awesome. Thanks. Bye, Chris. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. 